0: This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey, And
1: I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in Arkansas. Yeah, we're doing something a little different because we typically cover... Two cases in a different state, but today we're going to tell you about the case that we discussed at True Crime Fest in WA.
0: And then afterwards, we'll chat a little bit about the event itself and all the fun people that we met. Mm -hmm. So this case was brought to our attention by Sarah Russell, who is a writer for AY Magazine, and she wrote an article about this case, and it is very dear to her. We were also lucky enough to meet her in person last weekend. And surprisingly enough, since last weekend, we have had some uh, sleuthers. Is that a word? Yeah, sleuthing. sleuthing. Sleuthers. Sleuthers, sleuthing. Sleuthers help. And now we have more information. Mm-hmm. So even if you've heard this case before, listen again. Yes. So I'm going to get started and then we'll switch over mm-hmm. to Lacey. Sounds good. Kleshindra Denise Hall, or Clea, as she was known by friends and family, adored children. She worked at the nursery in her local church and had a dream of becoming a pediatrician. In 1994, Clea was a senior at Watson Chapel Junior High School, where she was in the marching band along with her younger brother. She did well in school and had a lot of friends. So after graduation, she planned to attend a leadership conference in Boston and had received an incredible opportunity to intern with a pediatrician's office there. Then she was off to Tennessee State, where she was enrolled as a pre-med student. Clea worked for a man named Dr. Larry. Did we say Amos?
1: We said it both.
0: Amos. Anyways.
1: did you remember, I say Amos, I think because of those cookies, Famous Amoses. And famous say, Amos. And
0: I say Amos from Amos Lee, the musician. I think
1: it is Amos.
0: Okay, we'll go with that. So she worked for him at his Pine Bluff office that doubled as his residence. A few months before her graduation date, two friends approached her because they were looking for replacements for Dr. Larry Amos he had a nonprofit organization and they worked for him since she needed extra money for Boston. And it was just a few blocks from her home. She was in. So Dr. Amos ran a food program through a federal grant and was also reportedly involved in nonprofit work, supporting in-home daycare centers. He hired Clea to do some clerical work for him and she would work like during the evening, during the week, and on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So Larry went by doctor, and we have found a couple of varying reports on what type of doctor he is. According to Manta.com, he is categorized under psychiatrist. The records show that he was established in 1983 and incorporated in Arkansas. Current estimates show his company – has an annual revenue of 190000 and employs a staff of approximately five. We do know that his business ventures are not psychiatry-related, so it's all a bit confusing.
1: It really is. It doesn't seem like he's working as a doctor of any type. Right. He's just busy in nonprofits and stuff like that, so it's very confusing.
0: So that's the stuff that Clea was working on was the – Non-profit yeah, clerical paperwork. stuff for yeah, all of that kind of exactly. it all in order mm-hmm. okay we were also able to find that he obtained a social work license in 1984 yeah really isn't that strange that's super bizarre if he were an md it would be very unusual for him to go to school after this so
1: yeah i talked to my husband and he said oh a lot of social workers will go on to go to med school i'm like no, but it's backwards. Yeah, this is backwards. And so I don't think he is an MD or DO. I think he probably is in social work of some sort because it's on government documents that he's an LCSW or yeah, yeah. licensed social worker. Yeah, But I couldn't find actual evidence that say he is a physician.
0: Okay, but the social work license is from mm-hmm. Arkansas State Records, so we know that it is Exactly, factual. yeah. So anyways, Clea and her mom had an understanding that she would drop her off to work after school and then pick her up in the evenings. Clea would call when she was ready to get off work and be picked up. So Laurel, her mother, would drive up the street and pick her up. Instead of her mother blowing the horn to let Clea know she was outside, she would pull into the driveway of the Amos residence and Clea could look out the window, which faces the front of the house, and she would sign... Out on her paper time sheet and verbally tell the doctor that she was leaving for the night, walk into the garage, which is connected to the house, push the button to let it up, run from underneath it so it would close, hmm. and meet her mom in the driveway. This was standard practice. Uh, sometimes, if her mom didn't pick her up, Clea's brother would meet her there and walk her back home. The two Ooh. would walk together. She never walked by
1: herself. Pine Bluff is in a super safe town for right. those that are unfamiliar, and it's certainly probably not in 1994.
0: And these are kids. Yeah, so
1: she's not going to walk right. alone at night.
0: So on Monday, May the 9th, 1994, just before 5 p.m., Clea asked her mom to pick her up after work whenever she was finished for the day. At this point, Clea had been working for the doctor for almost a year. Three hours later, she called to ask if she had any messages... And to tell her mom that she was going to work a little later and that she would call when she was ready to be picked up. She figured it'd be around 930 before she called her mom back. So in, in the 94, you had answering machines mm-hmm. or you would call someone's house and leave a message with their parents. I remember doing yeah. this. It's not like – so she must have been – Waiting and expecting. I do
1: wonder about that. Yeah. I mean, it's almost graduation. Right. That's usually a time when you're seeing your friends a lot. Sure. But I never read anything about any event or any, or a party taking place or anybody that, night. that said, yeah. yeah,
0: that they were calling. Mm-hmm. So after this call, Laurel took a nap and Tom got away from her. Phone didn't ring to wake her up. And just before 1 a.m., her husband woke her up. And that's when she realized that Clea hadn't come home. She immediately called the doctor's house where Clea was employed, and it was around 1245. He picked up the phone on the very first ring. He told Laurel that she had left around 830, but he didn't know who she left with. Laurel then called the police because she knew that didn't sound like her daughter. She would not go anywhere with a stranger willingly. Dr. Amos also agreed that it was very unlike her to leave without saying goodbye, But police told her, our favorite, that she had to wait Mm -hmm. 24 hours to file an official missing persons report because Clea had just turned 18 five weeks earlier.
1: So frustrating.
0: Very much. So this may have been the case in 94, but today there is no waiting period. You can report Mm -hmm. someone missing. It can be entered into the NCIC missing person file. Arkansas law requires all missing persons to be entered immediately. So that's good to pass on to you guys. Don't wait. Don't not report somebody because you think, well, the police aren't going to take me serious or they're going to make me wait 24 hours. Anyways, those first hours are critical.
1: Even for adults that go missing. That's what's frustrating. Yeah, Glad it's different.
0: No kidding. So after 24 hours, Pine Bluff police and the community searched for Clea with no luck. Photos of Clea were posted everywhere, but there was no sign of her. The Hall family was assured that she would probably come home in a couple days, but Clea's parents knew that she's not that type of person, and this was not good. Parents know their kids Mm -hmm. better than anybody else, and if I tell you this is out of the norm for Max or, you know, yeah. listen to that. She had never
1: run away in right. the past. It's one thing if they threatened to run away or said they were going to run away or in the middle of a fight, but right. m- there was no beef in her house. And she,
0: yeah, yeah. No she, bad blood at the She moment. didn't take anything. She'd left her purse, her ID, exactly. all of her clothes. She was two weeks away from graduation and had all of these major plans, positive, great plans for her life
1: ahead of her. Even if you did run away, you would take your stuff with you. No shit. Like, I think about when I was a teenager, I would have never left my purse behind. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. No. No way.
0: So, days and weeks and months passed, and there was still no sign of Clea. Authorities then agreed that Clea must not have left on her own accord. Oh, really? Finally. She had got along well with everyone in her family. She was one of the top students in her graduating high school class at Watson Chapel High School. She had no history of running away. She had never even stayed out late without permission from her parents. She was a good girl. Yeah, she, she was no night risk.
1: She was no rule breaker. That's no for sure. Breaker, not a rebel. Right.
0: So the police said, well, she must have left with someone she
1: knew and trusted. Thanks, Matlock. Like literally right after she told her mom, I'll call you right back and let you know. She would have at least told her mom, hey, I have a ride. Right. So early on, there was a suspect whose
0: name was not given to the press. In some articles that we read, it said that it was Clea's boyfriend. But in other articles, it just says a local boy who Clea liked and was friendly with. Her close friends said she did not date this dude. She did not have a steady boyfriend at the time. So your girlfriends know. Yeah. I mean, I'm no rat, but if my best friend from high school was mm-hmm. missing, I would have sang like a bird to find her. Yeah, you'd find out her.
1: the boyfriends for sure. sure.
0: So this boy was subjected to a police interrogation and his vehicle was searched, but the police could not connect him to the disappearance and he did not provide any leads. The boy was also subjected to a polygraph test, but the results were inconclusive. The last person to see Clea was the doctor, who was not interviewed until two weeks later. That is just Mine absurd. He should have been interviewed that night, immediately. That night, yeah. Bring him to the station. Yes. Let's get a bar of soap and a sock. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so the day after Clea disappeared... Dr. Amos left the state. So convenient. He was uh, allegedly on a business trip and returned three days later. He said the trip had been pre planned, which is possible, and that he drove to Little Rock and then flew to Dallas, claiming he was looking at buying tanning salon equipment. For a future business.
1: See again, the doctor stuff makes no sense with what his jobs are. It's so strange. He just has his hand in all the things. It's if you, I don't know, I don't know. I'm like you're opening a tanning salon business or whatever. But to play
0: devil's advocate, maybe his well, but he never said. I was going to say maybe it was for his wife. You know, maybe she was like, I'll put some tanning beds in. And that'll be my little shop But they I yeah. feel like they would have said that. You
1: know, something I didn't even think about until just now is I wonder if Clea had a set schedule, if she knew she wasn't going to be working the next three days. Because he wasn't there for three That's days. That's true. Did she know? But even if she knew, would she have mentioned to her mom, hey, I'm not, I'm not working the next three days because he's out of town?
0: I feel like...
1: I'm going to reach like, out and ask about that.
0: I feel like she would have said...
1: Because if he wasn't there, she wouldn't have worked. No, that's
0: what I'm saying. I feel like she would have said something to her mom. Like, oh, I don't have to come back here. I mean, something. Yeah. In passing. Oh,
1: yeah. You won't have to pick me up later this week because he'll Cause be he's out of town. be out of town. If it was pre-planned, like he said. Well,
0: allegedly. Yeah. So, yeah. he claimed that he didn't know that Clea had left until he heard the garage door close. But later gave a different account. He would later say that he watched Clea look out the window for her ride and watched her leave with a peach popsicle in her hand. That's strangely very specific.
1: Yeah. He knew which, what type of popsicle she was eating, but he didn't look to see who she went with. That's kind of interesting. Right. If you're going to be that observant, you're not going to look who's at your to see who's at your house. Right. I would. I'd definitely be peeking.
0: So Dr. Amos's wife cooperated her husband's statement and agreed that Clea left without saying goodbye, which was very odd. Neither of them could describe the vehicle that she got into and they didn't know who was driving the car. Allegedly, another employee that was leaving that night asked Clea if she needed a ride home and she said no, she was walking. This obviously could not be confirmed, Also, everyone did agree that it would be incredibly strange for her to walk home Mm -hmm. by herself because she she didn't do that. Yeah, I don't think she
1: walked by herself. No way. According to a 2014 interview with her mother, Laurel, Dr. Amos was seen tearing down Clea's missing flyers and several neighborhood children reported that he paid them to do the same.
0: No reason for that. I mean, that's. No.
1: No. Why would you do that? Two weeks later, the authorities searched his home and office, but of course found no signs of a struggle. I mean, two weeks had passed. Of course you could clean up signs of a struggle. Right. He wouldn't agree to a search of the entire house or a polygraph. I get not wanting to take a polygraph, but why not let them search your entire house? She had to have walked through his garage so they should have also searched that but i didn't see that they did
0: well here's my two cents because you know i'm i'm such a skeptic about i guess things. you're right i wouldn't want anybody in my house yeah you're right i don't want you you're not looking through shit you she was she worked in this office yeah you're right you search here that's it you're not trolloping through they had children don't disrupt but then i also feel like do you get to fucking say?
1: Because if you have a the, warrant, you know, I they never came back with the warrant for the garage. So I'm like, but that's what I'm saying. Why, why, why would this? they not get a warrant? Because I'm Yeah, exactly. They didn't get a warrant for the rest of the house. I mean,
0: I've watched enough cops episodes.
1: They're just like, okay, where that's they're fine. Like,
0: Kick the door in, jump in like SWAT, and they're like, "We're searching the whole house," and they're throwing couches. And
1: I do get saying, "No, don't search my house without a warrant." Mm -hmm. I get, I totally understand that Mm -hmm. you have your rights, Mm -hmm. but I don't get why the cops didn't go back with a warrant Mm -hmm. because we know she had to get to his upstairs office somehow, so she would have to walk through his house in Mm -hmm. some capacity, and also, who knows, maybe she was. Passed out somewhere in his house. Could have been. Or something random, like an accident. Who's to say that's not – you know what I mean? I don't know. It's very frustrating. Years passed, but then in March of 2012, the authorities in Jefferson County spent six hours searching the home and property owned by Dr. Larry Amos. So it wasn't until 2012 that they did a full search. No. Almost decades passed and Mm -hmm. – The search was incited by two men coming forward who claimed they had done construction work on the property sometime in the 1990s. One of the men said that an area of brick and concrete in the backyard had a horrible odor, and the other man said that he had seen blood on the insulation inside the wall. And I tried to look into this, and I couldn't find any answer on why they came forward in 2012. Scent sniffing dogs led them to the backyard, but no forensic evidence was found there. They had a search warrant this time and confiscated insulation and drywall. All of it tested negative for blood or any type of evidence of a crime. And Dr. Amos made sure to mention that he's had nine renovations done to his home and that they should have done the search 18 years ago. No shit. No shit. Turns out that even though it's a legal requirement for evidence to be transferred to the lab within 24 hours, it was actually still in possession of the Pine Bluff Police Department for 40 days.
0: See, this right here blows my mind.
1: Why? Why are you letting it sit in your car?
0: I mean, I'm real bad about driving around with like a bag that needs to be dropped off a Goodwill. Goodwill, right. For like... Six months. I mean, yeah. It just slides from back to forth in the back of my car. But it's not fucking evidence.
1: And it's your job. Right. How hard is it to just drop it off at the lab?
0: It's very suspicious.
1: It is suspicious. And the halls were told that it would be taken there within 24 hours. So this is considered a major gap in time between gathering the evidence and the Arkansas State Crime Lab processing it. If this was in some type of... Court case, that would definitely be – Right. A, what's it called? Obstruction of evidence. Yeah. So, officially, the final report was that no evidence was found. So, I mean, years had passed, and then it's been sitting in the car for for 40 days, mm-hmm. 40 nights. Mm-hmm. It's just very frustrating. Like, really? You have one job. Laurel still thanked the police department for the search but said that neither it nor Dr. Amos had done enough to bring her family closure. She said, quote, Although I don't know all the details, this has been a long journey and a long time coming. Something as simple as a resident search 18 years ago might have brought us some evidence that could have ended this nightmare for us. After the search, Laurel said, It's like we're stuck in time. She was 18 when she disappeared. Tomorrow she'll be 36 and all I have is the 18-year-old reference. Even if she wasn't alive, I would just like to know that that's the case. Oh, heartbreaking. Yeah I,
0: yeah, I can't even imagine.
1: And to this day, many people are, of course, still suspicious of Dr. Larry Amos, especially since he never participated in any of the searches for Clea. has also gone on record to say that he has no more responsibility to Clea than he would any employee. If you have, let's say, five employees like that one article said, you you don't care that much about them that if they go missing, last seen at your house, you're going to look down the street or anything for them.
0: It doesn't make any sense. No,
1: it doesn't. And she worked there a year. You I would, mean, you have you some type of
0: relationship. professional
1: relationship,
0: or at least his. You would at least think that his or his wife. wife.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. She's a
0: young girl. I, I, You would think, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, I've never worked somewhere that I felt like, well, I wouldn't give a shit if they disappeared. I take that back. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I've had coworkers. I've had coworkers (laughs) that I'm like, Jimmy, help you bury this body. No, I'm kidding. That's not funny. But
1: yeah. So he still owns his property where Cleo was last seen. Mm -hmm. And he has purchased nearly every property that is surrounding his home and rents out the surrounding homes. So it's kind of like he owns that whole area. Sarah Russell, the journalist that we met, mm-hmm. just talked to Clea's mother, Lorel, again last night to ask her a few things. And she wanted us to make sure and mention that he blew off two lie detector tests. He had abuse issues with his first wife. And we do know for sure that he and his first wife had a son and they divorced in 1984, I also read other reports stating that his ex-wife said he had a bad temper.
0: That's not good.
1: Not good at all. Laurel also said he kept two Rottweilers, and when he left the home, he would put one out front and the other in the back of the house for protection. Also, he had always parked his Lincoln Town car outside of his garage, but after Clea's disappearance, he would always park it inside. At one point, a psychic named Carol Pate... Any relation? I wish. Do you, you imagine? She's apparently Arkansas's <laughs> yeah. most famous psychic I hadn't heard of her before. We need to meet her. Oh gosh.
0: You don't believe in that either?
1: I don't like when they get involved in crime scenes. I don't oh, know.
0: You feel like it could be kind of distracting.
1: Yeah, and if they if they lie and they're not in you know what mm. I mean? I don't know. She was chased away by the police though. They received a tip and most believe that Doctor Amos gave the tip once he saw her vanity license plate, I don't know what it was. Mm. Carol the Psychic? That's too many letters.
0: Maybe it was abbreviated.
1: I'm not into psychics being involved in investigations, but for what it's worth, Carol Pate said that Cleo was possibly in two outdoor areas, both of which were searched, but she said that the real clue was in Dr. Amos's car. I mean, that's. That's a good hunch because they never searched it, and he left the next day. it has gone for three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clea's disappearance remains unsolved 30 years later. She was last seen wearing a white blouse with navy blue stripes and matching white shorts with navy blue polka dots, white tennis shoes, and a white bow in her hair. She was 5'8 and 120 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. One of her front teeth is slightly chipped, and she has a surgical scar behind her left knee. Today she would be 47 years old, and there has been an age progression done on her. We will post that on social media. Anyone with information is asked to contact Detective Lieutenant Terry Hobson of the Pine Bluff Police Department at 870-730-2090 and all calls will be kept confidential. We use Sarah's article as a main source, but we also got info from findcleshindra.blogspot.com, Medium, Missing Persons Information of Arkansas, and the Charlie Project, and a sleuther named Rena Borden sent us some background check information and other things she found. We actually met her at the True Crime Fest, and she's great. She, I don't know if you were there at the time, she walked up to the table with the printed sheet of missing women and Jane Doe's,
0: I I wasn't there, but yeah, I, I saw know. those whenever I came back, and I was wondering where they came from.
1: Yeah, she came up to the table and she's like, she's from El Dorado, which is in southwest Arkansas. Well, is that a good way to describe it? First of all,
0: it's El Dorado.
1: It? I thought I wait. I thought I said El Dorado earlier. No, and you, you said, said it's El Dorado. Dorado. Oh my god.
0: And we're back, mispronouncing Ugh, all the places. See, we
1: even do it on our own state. Tomato, tomato. Yeah, I do it in my own state. And I've get like through matter. this town. But the gist is she had all these Jane Doe's uh-huh. and missing persons mm-hmm. from El Dorado. She's working diligently on the Alicia Jackson case of El Dorado. And she's been missing since November 4th, 2020. But one thing she made me think about is she's like, hey, if he was going to Dallas – If he drove, El Dorado's on, could be on the way. But he didn't,
0: he flew. Yeah,
1: we, we didn't, that's when we didn't know for sure. Okay. Well, we still technically don't have his flight logs and don't know for sure. That's true. But he said he drove up to Little Rock Uh and flew out. But she was like, Mm -hmm. maybe one of these Jane Doe's could be her, which is not a bad dot. I'm like, I like what you're stepping in here. Right. They didn't seem to match up right with her, but it's definitely interesting to think about. Jane Doe's within driving distance. Or maybe... He lied and did drive the whole way. Yeah,
0: And dropped her. We could speculate and it dropped. This is one of those that drives me insane.
1: And honestly, the things we found out, like all the licenses he has, brought in more questions than anything. Right. Right. Like you're getting... Why are you going into social work and then not using that? And then... I don't know. Right. He's just so suspicious. It's
0: very suspicious.
1: I'm not saying he did it, but I'm saying he's very suspicious. Definitely. And this is one of those cases we'll probably get more information from as time goes on because we are able to get information from her mother Mm -hmm. and we have a sleuther on our hands who's helping us.
0: That's very much appreciated.
1: Yeah. It's it's wild. But we have some new patrons. Let's announce them first and then we'll chat all about our trivia and the True Crime Fest. I've updated our map in person, by the way. Cool. So we have Elise L. from Washington State. You all know her from the True Crime Cat Lawyer. We've done a couple of episodes together in the past. Girl, you're just now joining. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) No. And we plan to do another collab in the future. So definitely. Elise. She's fun. Yeah, she is. We also have Heather B. from Indiana. She's near Kentucky. I'm not going to say where you're from, but
0: you're close to Kentucky. I see her little pan.
1: Yes. Thank you, Heather. And we also have May, B, M-A-E, and then B is our last no. initial, not maybe. Um, we have May joining us. We don't know where you're from yet, but we're super happy to have yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you, May. And now let's get into all the true crime fest stuff, which is a lot of notes. So strap in. Okay. Where do we begin? Trivia. Trivia. That was fun. We did that Thursday night before the fest. Met patrons we did which was cool very cool to put a face to
0: a name and a Mm -hmm. little sticky on the board kind of feel like maybe it was too easy because everyone was getting the answers or i was about to say maybe these were just the smartest trivia gals ever
1: i will say though almost everyone there was going to true crime fest yes and they had their shit together and the patrons jen and casey they said they had been studying and stuff which I don't blame them that's how I would have been yeah but oh and by the way they're the ones where we were like, oh you're both from Arkansas do you know each other and we were joking and they were like we're best friends
0: right <laughs> so they do know they each work other together they they're cool to girls Super I could fun. definitely
1: hang out with them yes. We did. Yeah, I mean we did. The Friday night was a VIP night where you just chilled. And
0: we found them. They were sitting uh, yeah, in the corner. We, we found
1: the corner. Totally They're crashed like, their little uh, yeah, party. Yeah. So thanks for that, girls. Yeah, that was fun. Trivia, I will I will say I feel like we thought we might have some just random college kids there playing. There were two. There were two college mm-hmm. girls there who didn't know all the answers, but they were fun. But they were a lot of fun. We're mm-hmm. glad they played. Mm-hmm. They were they were some cool girls. Yeah.
0: It was a good time. Yeah. I wanted to play. Lacey said I couldn't drink anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You drank an appropriate amount.
0: I feel myself whenever I'm drinking. You were. I'm like, (laughs) go.
1: Pop off. (laughs) Pop off. But yeah, everyone was super good at it.
0: And then Friday, we went and set up our booth Mm -hmm. and did uh, the VIP cocktail doodad. um, The
1: cupcakes and cookies were so cute that they had. Super
0: cute. We got to visit with a woman who was putting her booth up beside ours. Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Ninja Nancy. Ninja Nancy. Ninja Nancy. She had
0: um, stun guns. And she's like, is yeah. this going to scare y'all? Pap, 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 pap. We're like, nope, we're good.
1: It was so funny. <laughs> yeah. So her company is called Damsel in Defense. And she was showing her zappers all day. And people were like, Does that scare y'all? And we're like, we are a meme to that. We don't even blink when that happens. Do not.
0: Do not. (laughs) Not at all.
1: She was really fun. She was. Mm -hmm. She was a cool person to be beside.
0: Right. And then Saturday was the event.
1: That was a long day. It was so fun, but I was drained for days I
0: get when people are like – you know, I'm going to, like, our friend Tim's, like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to be in, like, San Diego for work for four days. Mm-hmm. And I've always asked them, like, where Where did you go? What would you do? Mm-hmm. Well, nothing. I worked and I was exhausted. I went back to the hotel and I always thought, yeah, right. I'm here to say I, I did that.
1: Yeah, it definitely felt – it was fun, but it felt like yes. a work thing oh. because you're on all day. Like, it's not just shooting shit. It kind of was. But you know what I mean? You're meeting mm-hmm. a million new people, which is awesome, but then, at the end of the day, you're like, "Oh my gosh, well, you were
0: uh, you're walking and you're going yeah. my feet hurt my
1: back hurt. It was still really fun, but I was like, man, this is this is it was some work.
0: work. it was work for sure. uh met a crime scene investigator. oh she's uh, cool she uh has a podcast called uh Zone Seven. Mm-hmm. Her name was Cheryl McCollum
1: McCollum yeah McCollum? and she has won an Emmy, yeah. But- you went to her I didn't have time to go to her table before she left.
0: I was all over her booth.
1: But she had some cool stuff. What she, all did she have? She
0: had and these were all in pretty large jars, like bigger than a mayonnaise jar. They were huge. Mm-hmm. Um the dolphin bone that they had originally thought was one of Natalie Holloway's oh my bones. Gosh. She had a piece of wood from the bonfire that was behind the suspect house um with the Delphi murders mm-hmm. that they had taken to you know analyze to see what yeah. or if there was anything on it that maybe he had burned i mean she, she uh, spent shell casings from certain murders bullets that had been dug out of bodies for certain murders yeah. she invited us to come she did
1: she's like atlanta yeah She's like, you can join me on a crime scene. I'm like, first of all, that's allowed. But second of all, yes. Second
0: of all, I had my bandana on a stick
1: waiting by the I told her, road. <laughs> I'm like, don't invite us because we will go. Like, yes. Like, don't. Look, we don't know empty gestures. We'll be there. We will be there. We'll be, it's not that far. Just fuck around and find out. Yeah, we'll be at your crime. Not, not definitely going to keep in contact with her because yeah. she is a cool lady. She was very sweet, mm-hmm. and then um, the sir,
0: we met the sir uh, survivor oh lady that has the podcast Jane Barowski.
1: Oh my gosh! So she spoke uh-huh. at the fest, and I did have a little blurb about her. So she's the only known survivor of the Connecticut River Valley Killer.
0: She was stabbed.
1: 27, 27
0: times. times. Pregnant.
1: Yes. She was seven months Big old pregnant. She was 22 years old. A man approached her car, pulled her out of her window because it was rolled down, stabbed her. He left her for dead. She somehow managed to return to her car and drive to a friend's house to get help. There's a whole lot to her story. Listen to her podcast. But she survived. So did her baby. She was there with her daughter and her granddaughter, mm-hmm. and talking to her was honestly one of the highlights. She was – it was Invisible tears, did we say that? Yeah. Invisible tears. We're going to put that in our show notes, but t- she was so nice. Talking to her was one of the coolest experiences because that's like – she's the hero. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not pod celebrities or whatever you want to say that – I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're so cool. I didn't even know what to say to her. I'm like, I don't know how you did it. I Mm -hmm. think that's the first thing I said 27 times.
0: Girl, I get a paper cut and it takes me out.
1: Yeah, but I'm going to listen to her podcast for sure. And
0: then the main event, Lacey and I had to speak in front of all of those people. And some of y'all are listening. I'm. Neither one of us puked or passed out. We
1: didn't. It, all day, we we're like, we're so nervous. We're going to throw up. We're going to pass out. And everyone's like, oh, you're, you're going to be fine. <laughs> well, first of
0: all, I looked ridiculous because oh, it was
1: freezing okay, in that's there. That's the thing. Where it was located at the embassy suites, freaking freezing. It wasn't the event's fault. They asked to turn it, turn it up, and I'm like, what they turn it up to, 54? I
0: mean, it's like everyone a meat locker. At
1: lunch, people came back with blankets mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. We were freezing.
0: I had a ridiculous sweatshirt <laughs> with a duck holding a butcher knife in its mouth, and it just says murder on the bottom everyone of
1: it. Everyone loved it. Everyone loved it. And I
0: put it on over my black <laughs> dress, that I was picked <laughs> out, was was So like, cold. it's going to be so cute, this black dress. Look at me. And then I have a sweatshirt over the dress. <laughs> And flip flops.
1: Looked homeless. <laughs> no, you didn't. Everyone loved it. Everyone loved it. And then it. I get up on
0: stage looking like a fool. Everyone loved it. It was it was fun. Everyone was so nice.
1: Everyone was so nice. And it wasn't as bad as I thought it no. would be. After but we did sit our, yeah. down.
0: We did sit down. We, very
1: few presenters, they're all standing at their podiums and this, and we're like, nah. Walking
0: around like a mega church. I'm they like, went.
1: we are sitting our asses down. I brought my Gatorade on stage. Mm-hmm. I moved the lamp because I couldn't see very well. I know. <laughs> like, let like, listen.
0: When I stopped hyperventilating, no, I'm kidding. I,
1: it was good. And it, it was nice too, because I feel like we had talked to like half the audience. Mm-hmm. And so like looking out while you were talking, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I- I recognize these people, and they were all so nice that I didn't feel as judged, and and, you know what I mean, yeah. Because we were the only lighthearted hosts, I want to say. Our case obviously very serious, but we're the only ones that had any joking around. So it was—I
0: was trying to be a stand-up comedian up there because I was so nervous.
1: And that's my security blanket, or jokes, and just being nerdy or dorky, like whatever, wh- who knows, as long I, as I don't throw up.
0: I tried to get Lacey to walk up on stage like we were on Family Feud. Oh, no. She shot it down. I said, I'm going to no, walk just up kidding. there and kick the podium over like Garth Brooks. She's like, no. Next year,
1: next year. Next
0: year, it's I'm going to run across the stage with an American flag oh, draped my across my shoulders. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not.
1: Next year, we're going to bring a clicker because the slideshow, everyone else had to say next slide, next slide. Mm -hmm. And we, of course, didn't know how long we'd be talking at each point. So the guy was like, you can just say next slide. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm sorry. I'm like, just have it looping. And luckily, that worked out, I think.
0: Yeah. Ours kind of played like a high school graduation. But it
1: was fine. It wasn't. Didn't have to be in order of what we were speaking, because it played over like a million times, so it was fine. Everyone got to see Clea and what she looked like, Mm -hmm. the house, all the important stuff. Yes. We also, we were across from author and criminologist Judith A. Yates. I spoke with her. She's She's from Bowling Green. She drove 10 hours. She
0: was very, very Mm -hmm. sweet.
1: Yeah, she was selling and signing several of her books, and- We'll link up her site in the show notes. We're going to have a lot of show notes of just all the things. Mm-hmm. We met one half of Mysterious Brews, a Georgia podcast. They didn't present, but... And I listened was, to them. Oh, really? I was yeah. a little bit of a fangirl. Oh. I, had to, I had to
0: pump the brakes so I wasn't weird in my murder
1: ducks. Oh, <laughs> You probably love that. But yeah, that was cool. And I'm like, you, you need to do a presentation next year and we met two Arkansan podcasters who host caught red podcast
0: they were very heavy on fun. the
1: pod they were fun yeah they're dog people they didn't do a presentation but they came to our booth they were super nice super supportive
0: of us talking yeah they were they, they, came they up- were
1: afterwards they're so nice and we met susan kelly from okc mm-hmm. who's the author of camp scout murders about mm-hmm. the girl, girl scout. scout murders mm-hmm. okay And this is super cool. She makes these awesome skull lamps. I don't know if you've looked at her Facebook yet. Skelly Skulls is the name of her Facebook page. These are some really cool lamps. And she's really into spooky stuff. Remember, they were wearing the haunted paranormal shirts. And you're Mm -hmm. like, tell me about that. And they're like, there's this big festival in Illinois. Y'all need to go to it. And they were really cool.
0: We also met author um Janie jones
1: yes who also writes for aw magazine a y a y a y magazine <laughs> my bad aw is root beer i'm sorry i'm thinking about root beer <laughs> i'm thinking about root beer floats right now
0: um she also she had a book there yeah. that she was selling yeah, you're right I didn't purchase it. I wish I would have, but I can go online and do it. It's called,
1: yeah, she sells it on Amazon. It's called The Arkansas Hitchhike Killer. Mm -hmm.
0: Very interesting. She told me all about it. Sweet little lady.
1: I remember. So she was sitting next to another booth. And while you were talking to her, I was talking to Nita Gould. And I bought the book called Remembering Ella. Mm -hmm. It is a big book, so it'll take me a while. But it happened in the Ozarks, the Mm -hmm. crime in 1912. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'm from. So I was talking about it. She's from – in Oklahoma now, but she's like, oh, yeah, that's where Ella grew up and all this stuff. And she's a relative and really cool. We'll link their books up, too.
0: So, Janie was telling me about another case that she thinks we should look into. um, And it's the Wade – nope. It's the Matthew Wade Crocker case. And it is the youngest kidnap victim in the state of Arkansas. Okay. Super sad case, and I want to cover it when we come back around to Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, he was taken by a carny. He was three months old.
1: Oh my god! And they've never found a trace.
0: She wrote like Sarah Russell had wrote Mm -hmm. this one about um, Kleshendra. Yeah. For AY Magazine, she wrote an article about him back in the day. For AY magazine, and she is supposed to be emailing me. I gave her my email. Cool. The her That's neat. basically like her cliffs notes from the case and everything that she used. And I stood there and talked to her forever while you and Sam were meandering around.
1: Well, I was talking to the other lady yeah. about the Ozarks crime. Yeah. It's so interesting, mm-hmm. like to pick their brains. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they're tenacious. This, they are, which is good. We need Amazing. that. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's incredible. And there was. Break the case. I'm I got to meet Jennifer. Oh gosh. Now I don't I don't want to pull a George Jared and say her last name wrong. Bucholtz. I probably just pulled a George Jared Saturday wrong. I'm so it. sorry. We got to meet her in person. She's so nice. She has a podcast called Break the Case. Give it a listen. She, like I said, was there with George Jared. Someone was going around. This is just someone that came in with a petition. They want, I think she said, an autopsy to be done. Mm-hmm. But it's the website. I haven't looked into it yet, honestly, but I will. It's called www.letvernonspeak.com. I went to it,
0: signed the petition.
1: Okay. I did. Yeah. It's to look, to and open to it open up it and up stuff. And do yeah. do the autopsy. That's super cool. We met the Broken System podcast, which is interesting because we you covered the case. Yeah. DJ Fickey mm-hmm. from Georgia. This podcast is all about that case, so I haven't listened to it yet, but I definitely will. We met Robert. He's a super nice guy. He had a lot of cool merch. Had to take some notes. We met Crime Over Cocktails from Florida. Her logo's really cute. It's
0: really cute. I have the magnet at my desk at work, and they're like, why do you have all these murder stuff? I'm like, I'm listen, like, look, get, we, out of, get out of my We had office. a bag
1: with all kinds of goodies, <laughs> and I do want to shout this out because now that I know we have a bunch of NWA listeners... Bella Vista Public Library has a true crime club. How do they have a true crime club and Little Rock doesn't? Maybe we should start one. It's 18 up, but they do it from May 2023 to September 2023 is their season, so to speak. It's the fourth Thursday of each month, 530 to 630 in the community room. So if you're an NWA and want to check that out, I think it was Amanda Gibson, the assistant director we met. Could be someone else.
0: We are giving shout-outs. Listen. Left and yeah, it right. was. She gave me her business
1: card. She was super cool. Gosh, who else? There were we so, there that were that just before. so many. There were so many. We're really forgetting somebody. We're forgetting. And we did meet a ton of listeners, which is so cool. And li- new listeners. They said after our thing, they'd check us out, which was nice. So we met. And I'm sorry if I left you out. I was just... Running around like a wild person. We met Sadie and her mom Beth. They are f- kind of from the area where we're from, and she was so sweet. She told me that she and a teacher of hers both listened to us
0: oh, that, and discuss yes. it.
1: She's so nice, and I'm like, and her mom was with her, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, listen, she's in high school. She knows way she hears way worse than that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're cool enough for teens to listen to. Uh, duh. Why do you question us? I'm Lacey. like, what? What? Te-? But. She was super cool. I I really liked her. We also met Hannah, Shawnee, Amy, Jamie, Tiffany, Chanda, and her daughter Sarah, Lindsay, Nikki, Jennifer, Darby, Beth, and our two patrons, Jen and Casey, Lisa, Delaney, and... I'm sorry if I'm forgetting anybody... I really tried to remember everybody's name and face.
0: I'm glad you were taking notes because I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I was talking to too many. I couldn't remember.
1: I know. I was trying, and I'm like repeating it in my head. I'm usually not great, but I was keeping notes on my phone. That that was my trick. But we met so many cool people.
0: Very cool. Very great experience. It was definitely would like to go back next year. They asked us to come back, which is super cool. Mm -hmm. And I think it'll be better and better
1: the more. Oh, yeah, for sure. This I was mean, this is first. the first one ever. There were a lot of things, I'm sure, tr- that were trial and error. Mm-hmm. They were already, when we did, we had to do an interview after we did our presentation. And while we were in there, because this is just how we are, we're like, we have ideas. <laughs> and then gave the ideas. And then they were like, okay, yeah, we were actually thinking about that. Like, we thought it would be cool if they did a self defense seminar or something mm-hmm. on stage, because that's something that. Especially in the morning would get your attention compared mm-hmm. to someone talking a lot. You know what I mean? Right. And more interactive. Yeah, interactive. That's a good yeah. thing. And I'm like, and I wanna see some police dogs.
0: <laughs> I wanna see some police.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there were not a whole lot of police officers there, I don't think, unless there was they a were
0: booth, out. Of, and I like hung over there oh. I sat behind it. It was it crawled under the table and he had no I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> oh, a couple of the people that came over were talking about how they're super active in their community community and they're like, the local police hate me. I'm like, oh, it boy. probably happens to the best of us. Right, right. But yeah, I super fun. Yeah, I think those that's are all, all the things. All my things. We ran out of stickers so fast and almost all of our shirt sizes uh-huh. except smalls and mediums. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in a shirt, we're going to get some more. Uh-huh. And we're printing more stickers. If you wanted one and didn't get one, slide into our DMs. Follow us on Instagram at United States of Murder on Facebook at United States of Murder and our website, UnitedStatesOfMurder.com. And another thing that reminded me we have a lot of teacher listeners, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And they were all saying like, yeah, I can't have your stuff because of the word murder. Which makes sense. And that's totally something I just never thought about. But now I'm like, we need an alternate of just US of M podcast Mm -hmm. and then a cute little design. Right. So the teachers can enjoy that, too. Yeah, we'll work on that. Yeah, we will. Or
0: even the parents that don't want the word murder all over their shit because their kids are like, why does it say murder? Yeah,
1: that's something. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, we couldn't make a Twitter with the word murder in it. Right. So it's US of M podcast. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll figure it out. But- In the meantime, bye!